Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. I was at the first four last night in Dayton, and what a way to get the NCAA tournament started. Texas A&M Corpus Christi was the first team to advance with a win over SEMO. That was a close game. Now Texas A&M Corpus Christi will play Alabama on Thursday afternoon. Then in the late game, Pitt was a small underdog against Mississippi State, and in front of a largely Pitt crowd, the Panthers survived. Trailing by one with just a few seconds left, Mississippi State had two great looks, a wide-open corner three, and then a putback at the buzzer, but neither fell through the strings. Pitt now faces Iowa State on Friday afternoon. One more bit of news before I get to an interview. If you want to watch the first round of the NCAA tournament on Thursday live with the Chatterbox Sports crew, you can. Off the Bench will be live from the Buffalo Wings and Rings in Westchester off 747. The show starts at 1030, but the doors to the public don't open until 11, and it'll go right up until the first game tips off at 1215. Then once the show ends, they'll probably hang around until about 5 when the afternoon session wraps up. I'll be down in Greensboro covering Xavier and Providence, but I know this is going to be a lot of fun. It's a big event, so don't miss it. Also, for every game that goes over on the over-under while you're there, Chatterbox will buy a round of beer for the bar. Again, that's the Buffalo Wings and Rings in Westchester off 747. Let's now turn to my conversation previewing Kentucky's run in the NCAA tournament. I talked to Brandon Ramsey from Kentucky Sports Radio. Brandon Ramsey, you can be found at B Ramsey KSR on Twitter. Uh, just give people a real quick pitch on yourself. Where where can people find your work and and what else do you do? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I was a college basketball coach for five years before um, transitioning into you know more of the the, the media side of things. Um, so I I come at things from a much more sort of X's and O's background. A lot of the work I do on Kentucky Sports Radio is scouting report and film based. Um, so I do scouting reports. Uh, pretty in-depth, you know, they're, they're similar to what you would probably hand to the players in the locker room, or at least I like to think that they are. Um, <laughs> so the, 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 those are all pregame that I do watch the tape articles where I break everything down afterwards um, on Twitter. Um, it's certainly a little bit more of a, a, of a broad college basketball in general landscape there where I, I give my, my kind of larger picture thoughts on the, on the entire landscape. But yeah, find me on Twitter at B Ramsey KSR and then all my written work is um, via on th- um, on three sports, which is um, who, the parent company for Kentucky Sports Radio. Now, thanks for joining me this afternoon. We're recording this on Tuesday, just a few hours before the NCAA tournament officially gets underway, and I'm having you on to preview the Friday night matchup between Kentucky and Providence. I'm looking forward to it. I will be there uh, for that game, and it should be a good one. I think this is a game, Brandon, that really intrigues me because I truly have no idea what to expect. What Kentucky team shows up? what Providence team shows up, how motivated is Bryce Hopkins in this game? Of course, a Kentucky transfer now at Providence. I'd love to get just your overall thoughts on this game in general uh, before we get more into the nitty-gritty and, and the specifics of it. How do you see this matchup from a Kentucky's perspective? I think a lot of us Kentucky fans and media members alike probably feel a little bit like you do in terms of really having no idea what to expect because – that's sort of been the story of the Kentucky basketball season, I would say. You know, between feeling like your backs are against the wall several times, whether that be after the early season loss to South Carolina, whether that be after back-to-back losses to 
Arkansas, and then Georgia. Um, whether that even be the senior day loss towards the end of the year at Vanderbilt, um, and then obviously now after the SEC tournament lost to Vanderbilt, uh, Kentucky has sort of been down and out several different times. However, those have actually typically been met with some decent runs on the back end of those disappointments. There's been um, four game winning streaks after both that South Carolina loss and that Georgia loss. Obviously we both know what a four game winning streak means in the month of March. And that would certainly be, you know, something that would be pretty exciting. Um, But yeah, I I think we're all sort of in flux in terms of it would not be shocking to lose in the first round of Providence. It wouldn't be completely shocking to make a little bit, a little bit of a run either. When you look at Providence in a matchup against Kentucky, it seems like the Wildcats have the edge at, at almost every spot on the floor. But again, you have Bryce Hopkins who will be extremely motivated to play in this game. And we've seen Providence pull off some great wins this year, but mostly those wins have been at home. Now you get them in a neutral floor. Big Blue Nation obviously travels extremely well. Um, when you look at Kentucky specifically here against Providence, how do you see this game going down? I do think on paper it's a it, it's a pretty good matchup for the Wildcats and and I think that for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know Providence doesn't have as much size um, a, 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 as Kentucky does. You know they're essentially playing Bryce Hopkins there as their four man. They're a little undersized, like um, Ed Croswell. I know is one of their big guys as well at about six eight um, or, or, or so. So obviously Oscar Shibway, this could be a big opportunity for him around the basket because traditionally he struggles more with length and athleticism around the rim and I'm not so sure that Providence necessarily has that in spades obviously Jacob Toppin is a super athletic you know 6'9 6'10 guy as well and then looking at how Providence scores the ball a lot you know when you just look at their raw numbers like they're a top 15 I believe um, offense efficiency wise per Ken Palm at least top 20 Um, but when you dig a little deeper they rely pretty heavily on two things that I think in March especially are a little hard to rely on, and that's offensive rebounding and getting to the free throw line. Generally, teams that have to score a lot on those two factors, you, it's, you're just going to be a lot more up and down. Now, that that they might be up on those two areas on Friday, but Kentucky's a good rebounding team. They're generally pretty good at playing without fouling as well. So I think that those two areas kind of – lend itself to leaning um, towards Kentucky. And then obviously you look at also Providence is somewhat limping into the tournament in terms of having lost six of their last 10 games, including three straight here down the stretch. Um, so overall, I do like the matchup, but both from kind of a, a personnel standpoint, but then also when you just sort of look at some of the schematic um, differences between the two themes, teams, I do think um, it lends itself uh, pretty well to, to Kentucky's sideline. If Kentucky wins and Kansas State wins, it would be an all wildcat matchup on Sunday to potentially go to the Sweet 16. Just in general, Brandon, how do you think the road lines up for Kentucky? Uh, do you think they got a good draw, a decent draw, a bad draw? How do you see the bracket? I think it's hard to not be happy with it if you're a Kentucky fan. Now, you know we, we've already talked about you know the, the obvious you know caveats of none of us are going to be shocked. You know, almost regardless of what happens, but still, when you look at the bigger picture of the region, um, when you play a Providence team that you know is, is is sort of limping into the tournament, when you have 
um, a, a Kansas State team who um, is certainly good defensively, but those are the sort of teams that that Kentucky has actually succeeded with quite a bit this year. Um, and, and then going even further to to a, a potential Marquette matchup. I mean, having Purdue as your one seed, um, Tennessee's in there um, as well, a team that we've already beaten twice. So I, I I do think that as it goes on, there's an op- there's opportunities here for this East region to to open up a little bit for the cats. Um, so uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to complain too much about it. Um, other than the fact that we certainly know that, that, that Kentucky's capable of, of losing to probably all 16 teams or or the other 15 in the region on a given night anyway. Well, I would say that the committee would be thrilled with a potential Kentucky Duke meeting at Madison square garden. Would you not? <laughs> I, I, I would say that would probably be um, the NCAA and CBS or whoever would be hosting it. I think that would be probably everybody's um, best case scenario in terms of a, a ratings and money-making standpoint. <laughs> um, yeah. That's probably about, about as good as you could possibly draw it up. Uh, a, a couple last things here before I let you go. I'd like to know from somebody like yourself who is so intimately involved with following the program and and the team and also the pulse of the fan base. This has been maybe more, maybe more so than in previous years, a roller coaster of a year, because some years when Kentucky has been bounced early from the tournament, there's the frustration at the end of the year, but that's been after a good season. Then you have that year, a couple of years ago where you finished what nine games under 500. And that was just a bad season overall. But now you have a team that was number one in Ken Palm to start the year. And You've had some great moments. You beat Tennessee on the road, but you've also had some down moments, losing to South Carolina at home. Where where does this fan base stand in two ways? One, if they were to lose to Providence on Friday night, would that just be a throw your hands up and say, well, in the end, we really saw this coming the whole time? Or two, if they say got to an Elite Eight, what what where 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 is the fan base on this team right now? Yeah, I I think that to answer you, your first question, what happens if if Kentucky does bow out in the first round? I I, I think we enter into yet another one of the longest off seasons that Kentucky basketball has had in some time. Now, unfortunately, it feels like we're piling a few of those up on top of each other here. But you know, you, you do look back and. Kentucky has not won an NCAA tournament game since March 29th of 2019. Now we all know the 2020 tournament just didn't happen so that you, you have to sort of give a caveat there, but it didn't, didn't happen for anybody. So it's still true. 2021, you go nine and 16 or 2021, excuse me. And then 2022, you lose to 15 seed St. Peter's. So, you know, this is a fan base that's clamoring for a win been, you know, four years now, essentially by the time that we play on Friday and um, a, a loss, you know, I I don't think the the way Kentucky fans are wired, the fact that the regular season has been a disappointment is not going to make them feel any better about losing in the first round of the tournament. Um, and, and then to answer the second part of the question, I think that making a run, it probably it would probably need to be at least to the Elite Eight. But I I think getting to the Elite Eight, um, I think that a lot of Kentucky fans probably would sit back and think of it as at least a mild success, if not just a, you know, a, a complete success because, you know, especially because of the issues in the tournament or, you know, lack of success in the tournament recently, we're kind of to the point where all we care about 
is building some NCAA tournament success. And if that comes after a lackluster regular season, I think that we would all, you know, essentially sign up for that at this point. All right, last question here for you. I saw your tweet just before you came on here. We're getting in the lab and, and breaking everything down. So I'll put you on the spot. What do you think happens with this Kentucky team in this tournament? I think that there is a really good chance of I, – I think there's a very good chance that we beat Providence. I think that there is probably a better than 50-50 shot that we beat Kansas State just because, like I said, I do think that the – the matchup of those styles of play has um, been something that's been good for Kentucky this year. Um, going much beyond that, um, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in stacking wins on top of each other against progressively better competition. Like I said, we've seen a couple, you know, relatively recent even four-game winning streaks, but you know, it, it gets harder obviously here in March, um, and you know, I. I just don't know if this is a team that really honestly even has the talent uh, for a final four, let alone a make the, the, the makeup for it uh, for lack of a better term. So I, I would probably, if I, if I just sit here and put money on it right now, I would say Kentucky makes the sweet 16 and then probably bows, bows out from there. All right, Brandon, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, taking some time this afternoon to talk about it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Paul. There is one area game tonight. Cincinnati opens up the NIT. They play Virginia Tech at Fifth Third Arena with tip-off set for 9 p.m. This is the only game that Cincinnati can host due to a conflict at Fifth Third Arena. This will be the last home game of the year for the Bearcats, regardless of whether they win or lose. Paul's Pick of the Day, presented by Betfred Sportsbook, got back in the win column last night with Pitt winning outright in a thriller. Tonight, let's look again at the first four, and I'll take Arizona State minus two against Nevada. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. I will be back tomorrow with a preview of every game on Thursday, what to know and what to expect, so make sure you don't miss that show. Enjoy your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.